there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. To another episode of Rebel Alliance, and uh, we are going live. Hopefully, nobody else comes into my office. I gotta put a lock on this door because the kids always seem to come in or something happens. But uh, thanks for spending your Friday afternoon with us, as always. And um, again, everything you hear on this channel does not constitute tax or legal advice, just one person's opinion on whatever topic we're discussing. So today is going to be a little bit different. Today, we're going to do a little bit of a uh, preparedness type of of a video it's probably not going to be super long but you know if you are watching live and you have questions jump into the chat let me know where you're from let me know what kind of questions you have and if you have a question about associations feel free to throw that in there too we can always change things up a little bit now as always if you want more content feel free to go over to eastcoastpma.com for more content blog posts stuff like that also if you are looking to have an association and you want to do it yourself we did come up with these diy templates these hybrids uh, myself and the ladies over at the pma manifesto so you can go either to the pmamanifesto.com or you can go over to east coast pma either place you can find those and the directions are really good really get you kind of through everything and then the one last bit of housekeeping before we jump into this, and I'm still trying to feel out how I want to do these intros because a little bit different than doing just the talking head videos that I usually do, is that if you are running an association or you have an association or maybe you just want to take back some of your computer sovereignty, then you got to go and see the guys and gals over at um, Start9. They have great home um servers that you can use a couple different options and if you use the code rebel alliance at checkout you can get nine percent off and it helps me here um producing these videos so definitely look into that and um maybe i'll have to get somebody out from start nine to give a little overview of the whole system um more in depth than what i did so that being said like um the topic of the video says food and water storage preparing for long-term survival now this isn't doom and gloom. This is more of a, hey, you should be prepared if you have a family. Even if you're by yourself, you're an individual person, um, you should still have some preparedness level, whether it's, you know, you're in New England like I am and there could be a ice storm or a blizzard or you're somewhere where it floods or there's tornadoes or hurricanes that come through um, a lot or whatever your environment might throw at you or maybe something is you know economical like losing your job and you need to you know find a new job but you got to make sure you got stuff to make ends meet for the next 30 or 60 days so one book and i didn't put this in the description yeah i picked this up barnes and noble i think i just needed something to read one day and so i picked this up it looked pretty good so uh Prepper's Long-Term Survival Guide. It's got a lot of good information in there. Um, you know, uh, and it's got some real basic stuff like having dice and a deck of cards. So, you know, if the power does go out and you're stuck in your home for a couple of days because there was an ice storm and there's no TV, there's no electronics, you know, whatever, uh, you and you have kids like myself, you want to be able to do some type of entertainment. So just things like that. But today we're really going to talk more about um, food storage and um, water storage and stuff like that, because I think getting a good size food storage and water is probably one of the easiest things you can do when it comes to being prepared for yourself. So 
first things we need to do is assess our needs. So and there's going to be certain factors that influence how much food and water you should store. So if you know, you're a single person, then you're not going to be storing probably as much as I am that I'm, you know, for my large family of seven. So um, there's, you know, family size to consider uh, any dietary restrictions. And then if there's any, um, you know, dietary restrictions in regards to like, maybe you have to have low sodium food because you have high sodium or what have you. So, or maybe you have to be gluten free. So you want to have those things taken care of and going to, you know, Aldi's or a big another big box store and buying a 50 pound bag of lentils. Maybe that doesn't work because you've got somebody in your family that's allergic to lentils like we do. So you want to have, uh, you know, kind of put out a list of um, some of the factors that you need to consider when storing food and water. And one of the easiest ways I've found to do this, and uh, this isn't mine, I forgot where I've gotten this from, probably one of the many books that I've read, um, is basically just taking a notepad, taking a, a yellow pad like this here. And every day that you eat something, you jot it down. So you had eggs for breakfast with English muffin. And then the next day you do that. And then you put a little check next to it or a little asterisk or whatever you want. And so you can kind of see what you eat throughout the day or you and your family. And then those are the foods that you want to stock up first. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, because you eat it already. And two, it's easy to rotate and we'll get to um, rotation, you know, uh, first in first out uh, method. So you want to look at um, stuff that you eat on a regular basis, whether it's macaroni and cheese, Lipton soup, uh, you know, whatever it is, right? Get that stuff first. And every time you go to the grocery store, buy an extra one of something of whatever it is that you're purchasing that's on that list to build your initial stockpile or your initial um, start to your preparedness pantry, right? And then you can start moving on from there. And we'll talk about some of the other things. But, you know, if you don't eat peaches, then don't go buy a whole bunch of peaches, I guess is basically what I'm trying to say. So um, let me just put up the comments here. All right. Hey, frozen dog. Thanks for coming by and checking us out in uh, Missouri. I appreciate it. Um, I bet you're probably colder than we are. We have like gotten zero cold weather in like the last month here in Connecticut. It's like 50 out. I think today it's ridiculous. Um, not that I'm complaining because you know, it's less wood and oil I have to burn, but anyways, thanks for coming by and watching today. Uh, let me know if you have any questions as we're going through this. So once you figure out what you eat on a regular basis, you want to start stocking some of that stuff up. And like I said, buying an extra one here or there. Now, uh, canned goods are a good way to, to stockpile stuff. Um, they last for a fairly long time. You can, um, you know, rotate them very easily. Downside is, is let's say there was some chemical emergency in your area or you couldn't stay at your house and you had to go cans may not be the easiest thing to transport there might be other options that we're going to talk about um you know like freeze drying or dehydrated foods now we have a harvest right freeze dryer it's still at my mother-in-law's i haven't gotten it over here yet to the new place because i just don't have a spot for it yet in the garage because there's still just stuff everywhere um, any of you that have moved more than once understand the problems of moving and how much crap you can acquire so um having a freeze dryer is one way of doing it now they are an, a pretty good investment up front and they're around twenty six hundred dollars i think somewhere around there um you can get deals and stuff i got mine through tractor supply in my town because they have it there it was on special it was actually cheaper there than buying it online so 
I ended up picking it up there, but there is a learning curve with the freeze dryer. And there's a bunch of videos out there you can watch. There's one guy who freeze dries everything, but I've done everything from meatballs to steaks to eggs to milk um, to uh, salmon. I've done all kinds of different stuff, vegetables in this freeze dryer. Um, some things have come out good. Some things I've completely screwed up. You know, you got to really um, pay attention, I guess, to what you're doing with it. It is um, push button. It is pretty, uh, you know, put your stuff in, hit the button, let it go. But sometimes if you're not paying attention, you can let it go and it recycles. And anyways, freeze dryers, I think are a great alternative if you have the funds or you can set aside the funds. Now, this also comes into play. Like, you know, I wanted to get a couple extra or not a couple extra, but an extra one to use with our association and have it somewhere generally located where if people have extra fruit and vegetables or they want to, you know, freeze dry some chicken, know what have you um you know maybe they bought 10 rotisserie chickens and they want to freeze dry them you know you could do that break them down but having it set up so where the community could also use it i just am not in that position yet to get it set up for that but that's something you can do now dehydrators are also something you can do you can dehydrate things now the difference between the uh, dehydration and the freeze drying is basically the freeze drying doesn't change the texture the color or anything like that of the food as opposed to when you dehydrate something, you're pulling all the moisture out of it, it can change the food texture and quality sometimes. So just keep that in mind. Um, and if it's packaged properly, they can last for many years on the shelf. And I package our stuff two different ways. I use canning and I also use Mylar bags with, um, you know, a, uh, um, oxygen absorbers in them and stuff like that. So, um, other things you want to think about are, you know, other staples like rice, pasta, beans, if you know how to cook them, uh, from, you know, uh, a bag, as opposed to buying them already in a can, you know, soaking them, stuff like that. There's a few extra steps to it. So those are kind of some of the things you want to think about. And then as you start to build your pantry, you want to start to be able to, uh, let's see here, we have, all right, 20 to 23 gallon bricks, water bricks. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, you should have um, 14 gallons per person. I think that's for like uh, a week, if I remember correctly. I don't know where the heck I put my notes on that. But uh, yeah, upper 30s and wet. Yeah, it's real wet here too in Connecticut. Um, we're like the high 30s at night and it's been, uh, yeah, November was colder than <laughs> December, which is weird. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm actually ready for some snow. I'm I'm tired of the wetness. We had a really wet summer and stuff like that. I think it's the third highest on record uh here in Connecticut. But um as you start building your your pantry wherever it is, you want to kind of, you know, if you have a root cellar, my first house had a root cellar. It was great. Um I kept a lot of stuff in there all year round. I also used the bulkhead for the basement hatch in the winter time to keep like sodas for the kids or juices and my beer and uh stuff like that, which was great. You know, you don't have to use the room in the refrigerator. Uh, and the root cellar too was awesome. I'd load that up with stuff and, and leave stuff in there, water and what have you. So um, when it comes to food rotation, what you want to do is you want to take the um, stuff that came in first and use that first. So kind of think of like a store shelf where you have your cans in the front and then they go all the way back. So you just want to kind of rotate, constantly bringing stuff to the front as you use it and then replenishing it in the back. Um, that's a great way of doing it. You know, same thing, even if you're preserving with, um, maybe you're doing your own canning, uh, 
and you're canning your own meats and your own fishes and you're doing your own fruits and vegetables and stuff like that, whether it's water bath or pressure canning, you want to also, you know, make sure not only are you labeling the top, I like to use blue painter's tape and then put all my, uh, my dates and stuff on, but then use that in the same manner you would as if you had, you know, using the canned stuff. Same thing if you have freeze dried bags of food that you made, you want to rotate it the same way. Um, and again, vacuum sealing and mylar bags with oxygen absorbers, I think is a great way to go. I use that a lot. Um, the, uh, I'm trying to think of the one that I have. It's a popular, um, it's a lower end vacuum sealer, but uh, it works, gets the jobs done. Um, there are some that will vacuum seal um, will vacuum and seal mylar bags. Not all of them will vacuum and seal mylar bags. So you got to be careful about that um, because the mylar is a little bit thicker. It may not um, it may not secure it properly and oxygen will get in and, and ruin your food. So um, when it comes to water, uh, you want to make sure that you, you know, you're thinking of water for brushing your teeth, sanitation, drinking, cooking, doing laundry, stuff like that. Oh, here's a quick little tip for you. If you want to make yourself a laundry uh, wash machine, uh, we did this with Liberty. Uh, we got together, God, it must have been a year ago now, year and a half. And we did like a preparedness day where we all got together, kind of showed some of the toys and stuff that I have and, and you know, kind of what I do and put stuff together and, and med kits and what have you. So um, we took everybody, brought a five-gallon bucket with a lid and your standard old school plunger, nothing fancy. And we drilled a hole in the top of the bucket that would fit the wooden dowel of the plunger. And then we put some holes around the rubber part of the plunger so the water can come through it as you agitate. And then you just basically pull the plunger up and down and it agitates and cleans your laundry and then you can hang out to dry. So that's something you can make. I'm pretty sure you can probably find it on YouTube if you wanna see a video of how it was made, but literally you just need a drill and a couple drill bits and that's it and you can be off to the races making it so um water is something that we all have we go and go into our kitchen and turn on our faucet and water comes out so if you have you know if you don't drink soda or you don't drink like the uh v8 juices or what is it the kids love they have this one juice it's like a mango juice but um you want to use containers that are made for like um high acidity type of uh drinks because they're they're made to hold that stuff and they're a little bit of a stronger plastic um i wouldn't necessarily use like milk jugs to hold water and even if they were clean just because they're flimsy but you can easily you know ask family members or friends hey if you drink this stuff can you save the containers for me and then same thing date and label them and then make sure they're cleaned out really well and then you just fill them up with your tap water there's nothing else you have to put into it because as long as that tap water coming out is not contaminated the water going into those jugs are not going to be contaminated as long as they've been cleaned properly and then uh just throw the cap on them stick them somewhere in a cool dry place check on them frequently frequently because you know if you don't want to have uh you know a bottle break or something like that or crack or what have you if it got too cold and Maybe you're storing them in your garage and it gets too cold in the wintertime. Uh, so that's one easy, easy thing that will cost you absolutely no money, um, you know, especially if you're getting the the, the containers um, donated. So uh, you want to do at least 14 gallons per person. Um, I think that would get you through a week, uh, maybe two. Um, but again, that's just, you know, I, I like using gallons as opposed to, you know, you can go, I think, Harbor Freight and buy five-gallon blue water 
jugs. They look like gas cans, but they're for water. But then again, if you got to move that stuff, it's it's sometimes easier, especially like we have kids. So I know all my kids can pick up a gallon of water and go put it in my truck or wherever they're going. So you want to make sure that whatever you're storing it in, everybody or the majority of people can help move that stuff should you need to move it. So that's why I think gallons are a good size to go on. Um, so talking about containers and then, um, yeah, you want to make sure that they're food grade. You don't want to use like, you know, a Tide detergent bottle to store water in, right? I, I'm even sad that I have to say that, but I'm sure somebody out there would put water in one of those things and try to drink it out of there. Um, you know, there are different types of um, cans you can get to put stuff in, but I do like the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the gallon. And then uh, if you had to treat the water, just simply boiling it, you know, using a little um, unscented bleach uh, to clean the water. There are water treatments that you can buy, filters, chemicals, UV sterilization, all that type of stuff. Uh, life straws, if you need to filter, if you have a Berkey system, something like that, you can make your own. Um, just Google it. There's some guys out there that have put together some real good five-gallon water filtration systems that are probably just as good as the stuff you pay three or four hundred dollars for online because it's all really based on the filter. So um, you want to have that, and then uh, have it in a um, a uh, you know cool, dry place if possible. Like now for us, the next town over, we also have a spring we can go to, and you know we check with the town because sometimes the town shuts it down because if there's a lot of rain that gets contamination. But that's some of the best water I think I've ever had, even though we're on a well here. So go out there and you can get water and, and store that also. Um, when you are looking at, um, at cans, like let's say you go to the grocery store and you buy a bunch of cans and stuff in your, in your uh, pantry, you want to make sure that you, you know, the difference between the best buy and the use by date, right? Um, you want to make sure you're rotating through the older stuff first, like we talked about earlier and keeping a, um, a running list of what you have or inventory is also very important. Um, let's see. Some of the other things you have to consider is, um, yeah, we talked about keeping inventory and marking containers. Oh, yeah. Don't do like I did if you decided to freeze dry stuff and you're like, oh, I'll write it in afterwards. Write what's going on the bag before you even put anything in there after you freeze dry it. Because I've got like seven or eight bags. I have no idea what's in them. It could be freeze dried marshmallows or it could be meatballs or something in between. Who knows? But eventually we'll open those up and see those. And also if you're freeze drying raw meats, make sure that's marked on there also, you know, uncooked versus cooked because you can freeze dry and pack steaks and stuff like that and hamburger that's not been cooked. But you want to make sure that as soon as you reconstitute it, it gets cooked because of bacteria and stuff like that. Um, let's see. What else do we have there? Uh let's see um oh also if you have pets like we have chickens we did have quail until they either got eaten or something got they got out but um you want to make sure that you're having supplies for your animals too and taking care of them so having extra dry dog food on hand that sort of thing water for your pets so on and so forth um and this goes for all different types of pets that you have you know we have a bearded um no not a bearded uh dragon a uh leopard gecko and that thing eats crickets so if we don't have enough crickets for it on hand you know what's going to happen i'm not quite sure but again it's a lizard so um 
I mean, maybe they eat something else. I don't really deal with the lizard. That's my wife and daughter's thing. But um, again, like we talked about special dietary needs, if you're allergic, medication conditions. Also, you know, this isn't part of the food and water, but if you are on any type of long-term medication, ask your doctor for an extra 30 or 60 day supply. As long as it's not a narcotic, you should be able to get it and have it on hand just in case you can't get out of your house if there's some type of natural disaster or anything like that. So that's also important. Um, managing waste and sanitation. That's another big one. Um, you want, you know, like I'm on a septic here. We're pretty good for the most part. We can use five gallon buckets of water to flush toilets. If the power goes out or what have you, if the generator stops working, but if you don't have that, or maybe you're in a more of an urban environment and the city sewer water stops or gets contaminated, you want to make sure that you have other resources for using um, the facilities, so to speak. And um, there's some great ideas in this book here. Like I said earlier, if you pick that up, uh, something as simple as a five-gallon bucket, composting toilet, there's a whole bunch of different things. Uh, so make sure you just don't want to keep, if you are, let's say, outside in your yard and you have to you know, um, make a latrine, you want to keep that as far away as you can from anywhere you're storing food because that waste is going to build up over time and it's not like you know a bear in the woods where the bear might poop here one day and the next day it's over there and the next day it's there you're going to be kind of going to the same area so you want to make sure that things are are dug to depth and stuff like that and that's way more in depth than what we're going to go to in this but just remember that you want to keep it you know away from where any of your um Hygiene items are like if you have a spot where you're showering outside, you want to make sure that the uh, black water is away from that area. Uh, same with the food and stuff like that. Um, if you are, um, you know, let's just say like I'm on a well here. Let's just say you're on a well and then you can't get your well to work anymore because there's no power. Your generator's done. You want to think of other third resources for being able to get um water and stuff like that so make sure that um you know if you have to you can use uh you know a local brook or like we have here we have the other spot for um somebody else just came in the office sorry screwed me up that's why i like it when everybody's not home and i'm doing this stuff it's so much easier i am i'm putting a lock on the door this week that's it padlock with a pin code and everything probably. Uh, but like, so for us on our property, we have some standing wetlands areas that we can get water off of across the road. There's a large river or brook, I should say it's called the Fenton river. So, um, see what options are in your area. You know, you might have to walk a half mile to get water in the worst case scenario. You want to know where that is in multiple routes to get there. Should you need it? Um, and then, uh, obviously anything you're getting, that's not coming out of your well or out of waters that you've already bottled or a natural spring, you want to make sure that you are um, using some type of water purification system with that, whether it's just boiling it or what have you. So um, that's kind of it for today. I kind of went over a bunch of different things pretty quick. Um, like I said, you know, for me, when it comes to the food stuff, we do have cans, but I do personally like canning my own stuff. Um, just because it lasts so long and I do like freeze drying stuff and I do use a dehydrator here and there, but I do prefer the freeze dryer more, uh, just because like I could take a, like I can make a whole bunch of chicken noodle soup, freeze dry four trays of it. And then all I have to do is add some boiling water to it. It reconstitutes and I've got a meal 
very easily and the stuff's easy to transport, which I like also. And I do think you would save money as opposed to going to like Patriot Supply or some of these other places you see on line or on TV, you know, buy your 72 hour preparedness food pack or whatever and spend like $300. If you were serious about preparedness and preparing for your family and, you know, keeping them safe, should, you know, there be a natural disaster or whatever it is, having that um, freeze dryer, you're going to save yourself money in the long run by making and freeze drying your own stuff. So um, definitely check those out. I think they're definitely worth their their weight in gold. And again, maybe it's something that you and your community go in on and maybe you have an association. We say, hey, listen, for the better good of the community, we're going to take you know a portion of our dues and we're going to use that to buy this freeze dryer. They also have commercial grade ones, which are a lot more expensive, but you can get the large one, I think maybe for like three grand, somewhere around there. Might be a little more. And uh, you can then use that within your community and everybody can start you know, slowly producing and freeze drying food and, you know, having a nice stockpile or cash cache of it. So um, thanks everybody for stopping in today and watching. Hopefully you all have a good weekend and I will see you on Monday and um, oh, it's New Year's this week, right? Yeah. So have yourself a good New Year's too. And uh, I will see you all in the next video. See ya. There aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start to.